welcome to the party bang bang once again everybody man we have not missed an that you tell me you name the last time we missed an episode you name the last time we missed a sunday or a wednesday we are out here consistently bringing you that good good content man as, as a friend of mine once said they fuck with me because I'm consistent. Man. This is light work, bro. This is fucking light work. Shit. Um, you you would have heard the Mother's Day episode. Great, great feedback. As always, um, we we do what it do out here at the Welcome to the Party podcast. And you know, you know who it is that brings you this good shit. That brings you these dope intros. It's me. Clay, Claytron, the big boss man, boss man OG, PhD of podcasting, the clumsy jeweler, because I'm always dropping gems, the milkman, because I always deliver. Um, and this is episode 44 uh, of Welcome to the Party. Um, and hey, look at this. It looks like you guys have been telling friends to tell friends. Moneymaker Mitch is sitting here with a smile on his face, showing me the stats. And oh, I'm so proud of each and every one of you. Keep doing that good work. Keep hitting that share button and keep bringing in new listeners. Um, we love it. I love you. Thanks for listening. Um, but today we've got a dope um, guest man, like, so friendly, and, um, man, he, you know, gave his time up to be on the show, as all the guests do, but, um, this guy is funny man, um, I don't want to steal any of his content, so you're gonna have to look him up, he's a stand-up comic, uh, actor, and, you know, he's out there grinding, doing his thing, just like the rest of us, and, um, big ups to my guest, Brian Moreno. Watching haters wonder why Gambino got the game. Yeah. Half tied thicky, all she wanna do is bang. Yeah. Got her head done, French braids, now she ASAP. Bino so insensitive, she asking why you say that. Hello. Hello. Brian, how you going? Good, how are you? Yes, very well, thank you. You're a, uh, you're a busy man. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, so uh, you had you just you just you're fresh fresh out of a uh, audition for a insurance commercial. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you never know how it goes. What is that environment? Um, it's it's basically just uh, you behind. There's two people when you walk into a room. One of them reads the lines with you. The other films you. You give them your name, and the next, that night, like the casting director and the director of the commercial, they review all your stuff, and um, they give you a call back the next day or two if they like the way you look. When you go out for acting for commercials, it's straight up just about how you look. Yes. If, okay. you, if you fit the role that they're looking like. Um, if you go out... To, to audition for theatrical stuff like TVs, uh, TV um, shows, or film, it can be more about your acting than just your look, you know? But
for a commercial, it's just straight about a look. That's all. Okay. Um, so. All right. So how, was it, was it like a group of people that you had to sit in there and wait with that, that were also going for the same spot? Yes. And what? they all kind of look similar to me. Okay. And what's that, what's that vibe? Is it like a strange, like competitive vibe? Like I'm not, I'm not fucking with you right now or. Well, 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 it, you know, for some guys it might be, but I've been here and been auditioning so long. I just go in there and do it. You know, I'll make, I'll crack a couple jokes and then I just get out of there. Yeah. You know? Do you, uh, you know, because you can't you cause some people take it too seriously and you're just going to go through so many auditions and you're going to, you're going to be judged so much. It, there's no reason to get your get your panties in a bunch over one audition, you know. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So, um, how are you from LA? Pretty much. Right. Pretty much. Okay. How long? So, how long have you been out there then? Uh, since I've been a child. Oh, okay. So, um, since I've been like seven or eight. And where did when did comedy start for you? Were you like were you like you know, acting crazy as a kid and it just kind of followed through or did you, um, I mean, I, I think I had crazy as an adult. Yeah. So, so, I, so I don't think that ever stopped. Um, comedy before I was a, you know, I started comedy. I was the West coast public relations manager of the wall street journal. Oh, wow. And I was always very good with words and articulating thought. I just didn't like my path. I didn't like, working in a corporate environment i didn't enjoy the life that i was building for myself and you know through a a series of very fortunate events i was able to leave my job and start comedy and you know it wasn't simple or easy or and it was a financial struggle for a long time but i don't regret it whatsoever you know i love what I do, and I knew I could do more with my words, and that's why I wanted to get out of public relations and into into something more. All right. So, did you um, you went you went to college then? Yes, Indiana University. Oh, right. They. I went to college uh, in uh, Smithfield, Rhode Island. Okay. And Indiana gave us, I, I, I was on the basketball team and, um, we got that work from Indiana. Um, ah, yes, gotcha. yes. I think they gave <laughs> us about 40 to be honest. So that was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, did you, did you start that sort of straight out of college or, um, so you went, you went to the, to the wall street journal. Was that, yeah, was that straight out of college, or were you were you doing comedy? I, I had a couple. I had a couple similar jobs, public relations type jobs before. I, you know, I got that job. That wasn't my first job, but it was. You know, it was it wasn't too far after college. A few years after graduation. Yeah. Did you were you doing open mics and stuff in college? No. No, not at all. No, I hit. I do. Um, eight years in comedy this uh, this Thanksgiving. Wow. So were you always a, a fan of comedy? And I'm about to be 35, so I started when I was like 27, 28-ish, you know? Yep. Okay, yeah, I've got a friend doing the same thing. Like, he's, yeah, he's probably 29, and he, yeah, he's only just starting out. 
Um, and I'll, I always wondered about that because you hear a lot of different um, sort of roads to, to success in comedy, but it always sounds like there's that sort of, uh, that grind, like that Peter Holmes crashing sort of, sort of thing, you know? Did you see that TV show crashing? Um, I'm trying to see if I, I, I don't know. Oh, he's just got, he's got a TV show called crashing and it's just about oh, him being that's a, the, the, the Judd Aptow show with, uh, Pete Holmes or something mm. on HBO. Right? Yeah. That's the one. And he, um, he just like sleeps on people's couches and shit. Cause he's, he's trying to, um, build up his comedy career and he's just like a nobody at the time. Yeah, I um, I'm I actually haven't watched any of that yet, but I heard it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I trust me when I first started, there was plenty of struggle, so I relate. <laughs> yeah, so I totally relate. So, how many nights are you uh, at comedy clubs per week? Um, I try to perform. You know. Not necessarily just at the comedy clubs, but I try to perform four to five times a week, like real good, you know, real good spots. And um, if I'm not performing, I'll go to the comedy clubs and hang out regularly. Yeah. You know. Um, I was... you, never, you never know, especially when you're going to get thrown up or what. Yeah. Right. And so, if you is it something that um, you lose, like similar to um, being an athlete, like if you if you don't go up for a, a couple of weeks. And then you try to go back up. Is is it um, a bit rusty, or can you sort of keep Absolutely. with? It? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there there'll be things. There'll be things that um, there'll be things that you overlook or forget because jokes take a timing and a rhythm that you can only get through repetition, and if you don't if you aren't constantly out on the grind, then you most certainly lose a beat a little bit. But that's that being said with enough practice, uh, you know, anyone can, can get it back if they really had it. Because remember, not everyone has it to begin with. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. So not everyone's, you know, because it's like when, you know, Jerry Seinfeld first came back and, um, he was really bad. Like when he first started comedy again, if you ever watch any of the stuff, but you know, it's Jerry Seinfeld and he eventually got his rhythm back and he, he got, he got that timing that he kind of lost. Oh, so he, he was, he was bad when he first came back. Oh yeah. There's a, there's a documentary called, um, the comedian. It's about when Jerry Seinfeld first comes back into comedy. Yeah. Uh, after the show ends, after Seinfeld, the show ends. Okay, are you have you ever met him? Yes. And what was what was that like? Is that like meeting Michael Jordan? Oh, I mean, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't like. No, I mean, it, it wasn't a you know a type of meeting where <laughs> where he laid down some knowledge or anything. Yeah. <laughs> good good set, and then he walked by. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, have you? Have you ever been to uh, Australia? No, I haven't, but I hear the comedy scene is flourishing there. Yeah, I think it might be like uh, building a bit. Um, 
I just went to see Ari Shafir on uh, this week. Um, and we had like Chris D'Elia here like maybe six months ago or something. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. Warney Adams went there recently. Uh, Adam Devine. Yeah, yeah, he was just here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I think it's it's sort of like building up a bit. And like when I when I tell people I've got tickets, like oh I'm seeing this comedian, they're like oh yeah I'm I'm seeing him as well. And so it's it's uh, yeah I think it's a bit bigger than than it might have been um, you know five ten years ago. No, it seems like it's getting a lot bigger because I, I mean, I know they've done a lot, um, a lot more to bring quality, you know, quality comedy to Australia, and that would be something in the next few years I'd definitely love to try. There's one comedian that lives out here. His name is Craig Lowe. Yep. I don't, I don't know if you know him, but he's an Australian guy. Yes, I've I've heard of him. I don't think I've I've seen him um, in the flesh before though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know how long. I think he's there now, but I don't know for how long or what. I, just, I know he's been out out in LA quite for quite a while. Have you done international touring like Europe and stuff before? Um, see that no, I didn't. The most I've done is because I'm from LA, so I get a lot of stage time in LA. Yeah. Now. And I'm at the point where I'm just starting to be like a middle act for a lot of people, you know, and I do a lot of stuff across the country. Like this, just since New Year's, I've done Dallas, um, Richmond, Virginia Beach, Chicago, um, Arizona, and San Diego, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of just local but, and then, you know, um, there's a few big places in Canada and I'm going to try to do some more Canada this summer, Yeah. but going, going internationally, that's a whole nother thing. And there's certain comedians that just, are just so good at it, you know, going international and being able to, um, really relate to people across all kinds of, um, you know, socioeconomic demographic lines. And I think that's really awesome. There's just one comedian named Tom Rhodes. He travels the world basically performing and what he does is really amazing yeah i mean but guys like russell peters too oh yeah everywhere in the world you know yeah well um especially i guess being uh of indian descent he probably he probably does pretty well over there as well which would um be pretty lucrative for him yeah but is, is he canadian uh good question I don't know. I, I think he's just Indian. Okay. Um, I think he's, I think he's an Indian Indian. So being, <laughs> being, being a middle act, like what kind of, what kind of names are you, um, opening up, opening up for? Um, I guess I'd have to say the, you know, I've opened up for guys, Theo Vaughn, Bobby Lee, Orny Adams. Yep. I don't know if, yeah, like all these guys, I, you know, I've opened for um, Steve Hoff or uh, gosh, uh, Keith Alberstadt's the guy's name. But these are just, these are, you know, like every, every year it seems like, you know, you get more and more opportunities. And some of the people, you would, they're just, they're just guys that tour the U.S., but guys like Warney Adams, he's been doing comedy 25 years and he used to open for Jerry Seinfeld. So it's always an honor to get time, you know, to do stage time with guys like him. Yeah. And um, did you ever meet, uh, oh no, the name's escaping me now. 
Um, uh, is it Mitzi Shaw? I never got to meet her, no. I mean, I saw her one time, like I physically saw her. But in her last, you know, five, six years, her health was deteriorating. She didn't She didn't go to the comedy store very often. Okay, because she was... Um... She she sort of like discovered a lot of guys and um sort of gave them their opportunity, right? She was huge. In, absolutely. In, um, yeah, absolutely, she did. Yeah, cause uh, I don't know really her uh, um background or the, her story, but I know like obviously that's Paulie Shaw's mother, right? Yes. And yes. um yeah, I just I didn't realize how much of an impact she had until she passed away, and then you see all the comedians coming out and you know, saying their piece about her. And I, yeah, I didn't realize how um, much of an impact she actually had. Yeah, a tremendous impact on the comedy community and the comedy scene. Even, even you know, just, just to be able to run that type of business takes such dedication and perseverance. And, you know, I mean, she did find a, a lot of, and give a lot of I don't know if she, if these when I say she found I, I always wonder like a uh, Robin Williams would have always been a star I think with or without yeah sure but she did give a lot of people stage time and a lot of people opportunities I would have never ever had that chance and the comedy store is you know an iconic venue yeah oh absolutely I've never I never got the chance to go there I've been to LA a, a number of times but uh that's that's definitely something I need to to do. And um, do you do you perform there at all? Um, not as I get more more love at the Laugh Factory in the Comedy Store. Where um, or excuse me, I get more love at the Laugh Factory and the Improv than the Comedy Store. The it's just all it's just all different. You know, there's different bookers. There's you know, and, and as I, you know, mature in comedy, I, I would think that I would get some more stage time at the comedy store, but it's, I, I only get up there maybe once every year or so, oh, okay. maybe six months, maybe six months, maybe. Do you feel, do you feel the history in there? Yeah, you definitely feel the ghost of a lot of sad comedians. <laughs> sad comedians. <laughs> Um, do you, do you have any, uh, strange little stories of interactions with any, uh, comedians or, um, you know, I know there's a lot of guys that have had their, their struggles with drugs. I just recently heard a story about Sam Kinison, um, that, uh, who was it? Mark Marin was telling, which was hilarious, but do you, have you ever had any sort of strange interactions with guys like that? <sighs> Yes and no. I mean, that was a different time. Like that was a time where they literally they would put some cocaine out on the table and do it in front of the audience. Yeah, you know? it's like it's like it's like the, it's the market is so much more competitive now. Now it's know, like a comedy bubble. Like, since, yeah, instead of people doing cocaine, they get high on fuck the idea that they're going to get famous. Yeah, that right. Going to be somebody, you know, and that's why you just have to. You know, like there's a lot of people who get into comedy for the wrong reasons, and you know, I I'm in comedy forever. Right. And some people get in just because they think it's the shortest path for them to become famous, and that that to me that's the kind of stuff that I see. It, you know, like the, when Sam Kinison and they were just coming up, there was only there was literally only fifty fucking comedians. Yeah. <laughs> like, there were, 
like the competition was so low compared to what it is now. And now it's like a new 50 people start every hour in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's it. And um, I think with, with Instagram and Vine and all that shit, everybody thinks that they can they can do it in one one second. They don't understand what the, oh, what the grind is. Oh my God, is. yes. Um, absolutely. I like, I mean, I, I sit down and do my podcast twice a week and um, like, you know, sometimes, sometimes I lose my words and all this and, and I'm like, what, what the fuck would I do in front of, you know, a hundred, eight thousand people? I'd be tripping over. Like, it's not, it's not that easy. And you hear about, um, you know, people bombing. Do you have any stories of bombing? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, like there are times when it's, and this was my, when I was first coming up in comedy, I, uh, I, you know, I know I'm funny, but I got a little cocky and I thought, <laughs> oh, whatever, whatever I say is going to be hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or whatever I do, you know, and I remember one time I got in front of this audience and I was just like, I'm just going to wing it, I guess. And my first, it was like only a 12 minute set. The first six minutes, I still think about it all the time. It was so brutal. Like I, in my, in my imagination, I imagined me running off stage and what my life would be like if I just ran off at that <laughs> <laughs> You know? And then that's when you, you pick yourself up and I cleaned it up a little bit, but I gotta tell you that first thing I still think about it all the time, just because there were agents and managers and important people in the crowd. Yeah, and you know, like sometimes you just gotta shit the bed, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You learn, you learn from that kind of shit, I guess. Yeah, you totally do. You totally do. Did you um, <laughs> how how do you deal with hecklers? Do you get a lot of that? Um, I don't get too much of that. Some people seem to get more of that than I do. I, um, I like to nip it in the bud when that kind of stuff arises. I don't, um, you know, I, if somebody is, you know, overtly out of control, I try to immediately take care of it because they, it usually gets worse and worse and worse if you don't, um, if you don't take care of it. I mean, there, there's been, you know, drunk guys that, that sometimes just get a little rowdy just because of the alcohol. But because of my style of comedy, I keep people, I, I don't, I don't attract hecklers as much as some other comedians do. Right. Yeah. Cause I guess guys like, um, Bill Burr, maybe, maybe a bit less now that he's, um, got a child and stuff, but, uh, you know, he, he's pretty, um, R rated and, and he, he likes to drink and smoke a bit. So, um, I, I guess he probably gets that, that sort of Boston, um, hard nosed crowd come in and, uh, sort of, I, I can imagine those guys, uh, giving him a bit of shit and him having to deal with it. But I guess depending on what your style is, you would attract different people. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. What, what kind of, what, what would you call your style? Well, I'm a storyteller, but I also try to be enlightening. You know, I try, I do my best to, um, I try to do my best to not just be funny, but also be interesting, you know? And I think some people that are just so, they just want to just be funny and just, you know, tell jokes. But I also want to, you know, I also want to, 
excite people. Yeah. You know, like I'm very high energy when I'm on stage. Okay. So, so I'd have to say, you know, I definitely have kind of an in-your-face style, very high energy. So, <laughs> but I'm also a storyteller, and I try to be as interesting as I am funny. I how, try to be. How do you? How do you go about writing uh, your jokes or, or stories? Do you? I, I, I guess you you take from experience uh, in a way, and then um, exaggerate that. Is that? a lot of what happens or is, is some of the stories well, you tell just straight yeah, up fiction? I, just, I mean, I don't know if you're, you know, you, you may be exaggerating it, but that's not the point of what you mentally would start. First, you just, you take what you think is interesting, what you think is passionate or what you're passionate about, what you actually have some feelings about, and then you figure out how to articulate that. Whatever it may be, you hate the way someone, the way people drive, or the way your mother babies you, or your coworkers, whatever, anything that you have strong feelings about, you figure out how to discuss it, and then you start to interject jokes within that story. And then, you know, some of the jokes may be uh, making um, making a simile to something or, or making an, ex- an exaggerated comparison or something, but it wouldn't necessarily just be exaggerating the story because people can kind of sniff that out. Right. You know? Right. Did, um, who, who would your biggest comedy inspiration be? Is there like, have you always been a comedy fan? Um, or was it, was it really just, you know, I've got a way with words and I feel like I can, I can do this because of that. I've always been a comedy fan, but comedy is also like music. Sometimes you you want jazz, sometimes you want rap, sometimes you want rock. So I think there's all different inspirations. George Carlin, I think, would be have been the biggest inspiration. Yep. Because he he was so enlightening and interesting, along with being funny. But in the same note, um, I always knew I was, you know, capable with words. And that's kind of why I felt comfortable in this medium, just because it is, when it's purest form, comedy is just a person in their words. That's it. Yeah. So, okay, on on the 27th of, of April uh, 2018, who would, your, who would your top five comedians be? Top five comedians? Yeah. Um, well, I really like, I like, I mean, top five, uh, I, I, I love Bill Burr. Chris D'Elia really always crushes when, when he's on stage. He really does. And that's impressive just to see the way he's, he's, a, he really commands the stage. I, I like watching as a comedian named Fahim Anwar. Yep. He's he's really he's really amazing. Fahim is hilarious, he's smart, he's funny, he's interesting. Um, I really like Andrew Santino. I really enjoy his perspective, his point of view. And um, you know, Sebastian Maniscal Maniscalco is always a great time to watch, you know? Okay, yeah, I don't I don't think I've heard of uh, Sebastian, but um yes, the I've oh, def- okay. 
You'll definitely like them. Check them out. Okay. I've definitely heard of, um, or, well, I'm a fan of the, the other four. Um, yeah, definitely Chris D'Elia and Bill Burr. Are, um, yeah, they're probably two of my favorites as well. Um, so leaving your, uh, your office, your office job and, um, the, the security of that, what, what was the family's reaction? Uh, they thought I'd lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have, do you have a wife or kids or anything like that? Uh, no, not that I know. Of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so you don't have, you don't have, um, uh, that to worry about. I was going to say, cause that, that's got to take its toll, um, moving around the country and stuff, but. Um, is all of your family located in, in LA? No, I don't have any family in Los Angeles anymore. They've all moved to, oh, okay. to, to greener pastures. Right. And so where, where in LA did you grow up? Um, just, just all around Hollywood. Oh, okay. West Hollywood, Beverly Hills area. Well, so being around there, did you... Did you see a lot of um, like celebrity action um, around like while you were growing up? No, ask that question again. I didn't quite understand. Oh, like did you see a lot of celebrities moving around Hollywood while you were while you were a kid? Yeah, but you don't really, you know, growing up around it, you don't, you know, it doesn't, um, it doesn't, you know, you become kind of numb to it, I guess. Yeah. But there was no, like, you didn't see any, like, you know, wild shit, like, um, you know, dudes, dudes getting kicked out of clubs or, uh, you know, passing out, out, out in the, um, boulevard or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you see, but like, you, you know, like, you don't, I saw Puff Daddy run out of the club one time when Suge Knight came, came in. I thought that was pretty funny when I was a kid. Right. Yes. Uh, that's. That's history. That's what, yeah, that's what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I got to wrap this up. I do have, uh, I got to get some food in my stomach. You got any more questions for me? Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Um, go ahead and, uh, and go, go eat some food. Um, but do you, do you want to plug anything, um, before you go? Well, no, my, my website's Brian Moreno comedy. Anytime anyone comes to Los Angeles, Ted, feel free to hit me up. We'll get you some tickets to a show. You got to come out and laugh. I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I, my travel schedule is pretty light. I'm going to be in Los Angeles for the next two months, and then um, I'll be back on the road again. I don't really know where. It's not in front of me, but then we'll be doing Florida and some places like that. But Right. They I can mean, check I that mean, all out on I mean, website. man, anytime you come to LA, you, uh, you make sure to uh, reach out to me at, uh, on my Instagram or something, and uh, I'll make sure to get you into a show for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, if you want to just hit me up on, on my Instagram, um, give me an address uh, to send a t-shirt out to. I'd be more than happy to do that as well. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. All right, man. Well, you, uh, you have a good evening and, uh, safe weekend man and uh go enjoy yourself a nice meal hey thank you sir thank you had a good time thank you so much for coming on
that was dope, man. <clears throat> I love that. I love that people take the time out to come and give me some insight into what they do, how they do it, uh, why they love it, you know, and shit. Brian seems like a funny guy. I wish. I hope I can meet him. Um, maybe next time I go over to the states, or if he ends up touring in Australia sometime. Um, but yeah, man, I fucking love this podcast shit, bro. If you have some suggestions of who you would like to get on the show, you keep hitting Money Making Mitch on welcome to the party at gmail.com. Hit that uh, that Twitter shit um, at welcome party, Instagram at welcome to the party, um, and that's T O T H E W. What? Welcome T O T H E P O D Y. Like the titties, as we used to say. That's a throwback, um, man, and. I'm going to give you some midweek poor posture. Hit it, money-making Mitch. Poor posture of the week. B, this girl, uh, you might have seen this, but <clears throat> this girl got a restraining order. She got like arrested for like stalking. She went on one Tinder date. And I don't know if they made that sweet, sweet love after the date. But what I do know is that something clicked in this woman and she fell in L-O-V-E immediately because um, that date finished. And do you know what this lady did? She texted this dude 65 times. No, see, that sounded crazy, didn't it? 65 times. 65,000 times times she texts this dude i'm just gonna repeat that because i don't think you understand when i tell you she texted this dude 65,000 times what what you look like you're sitting in a broken folding chair. Your posture's terrible. Oh my God. 65,000 text messages. Bruh, do you know what can be frustrating sometimes if you're not into someone? When they text you twice. 65,000? Did you know I haven't... I haven't touched the buttons on my phone 65,000 times? This shit is so wild. 65,000 texts? Bro, she, she was really utilizing that um, unlimited shit. Good God. This is the type of shit that sometimes we need for poor posture. Because it's not, it's not really harming anybody. It's funny. Man, some of this poor posture shit has been kind of dark lately, man. We're trying to get... This is comedy. This is straight comedy out here. I got, I got Don Smith on here for you cats. I got Brian Moreno out here. Um, talking comedy, alright, so let's keep it fucking funny, let's keep it light, <clears throat> until Kanye starts wiling and I've got to, I've got to get deep on him, no Bruno, like I did on episode 42 of the Welcome to the Party podcast, but, um, uh, yeah man, I appreciate Brian for being on the show, if you listen Brian, um, thank you for being on the show and, uh, yeah, I hope I can see you perform next time I'm in uh, the US or when you start doing this worldwide shit. Um, yo, make sure 
As always, my stewies, tell a friend to tell a friend. Man, hit that share button. It's that little arrow shit. Looks like the undo button on Word. Hit that shit. Tell a friend to tell a friend. It's It was Mother's Day this week. Tell your mom. Bring some smiles to her face from listening to Welcome to the Party. This shit is fucking funny. I'm telling you. Um, yeah, man. Bring bring this shit. This shit is already worldwide. We got 14 countries listening to us. Let's make that shit 15. Let's make it 16 and so on and so forth. Let's get that action. Let's, let's fucking build this cult, build a city, and, and start fucking shit up like it's wild, wild country. Alright? Man, thank y'all for listening. And, hey, I know I said this last week. And I'm going to say it again this week. I think we can expect International Heem to uh, get his act together this week. Alright, yo. Uh, this was fun, man. And um, I'll catch you motherfuckers on Saturday. Bang, bang. Baby,